Take a moment to think of the most beautiful place you've been, the most beautiful place that you've visited. It's okay. Close your eyes. Take a moment or two. What do you see? Is it a mountaintop somewhere, maybe a deserted beach, a quiet stream? And if you can't uh, picture a specific place, maybe you can think of a beautiful song or melody, something that you heard at one point or another that resonated with you and has just kind of stuck with you over the years. And when you close your eyes, you can play it back over and over in your head. The beginning of of John's gospel, it, it paints this incredible picture. I can't help but but read the first line. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And read all that follows without seeing a picture, a picture of one of those beautiful places that I visited, or, or hearing a thundering hymn with a choir and a full orchestra. And then John moves from the grandiose, from the Creator God, light and darkness, all things being made, to an intimate and personal, yet equally impressive image. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Or as Eugene Peterson translates John chapter 1, verse 14, The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In 14 short verses, John moves from the, the cosmos to our neighborhoods, from God creating all that exists to dwelling among us. In the year 2012, the Austrian daredevil Felix Bumgarner set out to break a skydiving record that had stood for over 50 years. He took a helium balloon up 24 miles in the air and he jumped, becoming the first human to break the sound barrier without an engine. As he stood on the ledge of the the capsule that his balloon had carried up before he jumped, he he radioed down to his team and, and said, I wish you could see what I can see. Sometimes you have to be high up. You have to be really high up to understand how small you are. And then he paused. I'm coming home now, he said. Now, whether it's a jump from the edge of the stratosphere or a smile from a child riding by on a big wheel, if we have the eyes to see them, there are glimpses of a big God showing up in our seemingly small lives everywhere. And Palm Sunday gives us more than just a glimpse. The the triumphant entry is both a reminder of the incarnation, God entering our human experience in the person of Jesus Christ, and a proclamation of Jesus' arrival as King. So so during Lent this year, as we've talked about our call to love God and love love our neighbors, we've been talking about doing really more than just practicing what Jesus preached. We've been exploring what it looks like to follow his example, to step out of our homes, to step out of what's comfortable and dwell with or live among our neighbors. And the hope is that as we step out, we provide glimpses of God's kingdom and reflect God's love 
into our neighborhoods, into the world. So the first passage that we read this morning from John chapter 12 tells of crowds gathering in Jerusalem for Passover. Now, it wasn't too long before that festival that Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. And that put the religious elite on on edge. It made them nervous. There was this different sort of buzz in the city. Tension was on the rise. The unrest was was obvious. Everybody knew it. Everybody felt it. Luke, he, he writes that before Jesus made his way down the path from the Mount of Olives into Jerusalem, that Jesus actually acknowledged that. He he stops and he weeps over the city he loves, crying for the people, for their pain, for their heartbreak. Now, in some ways, Jesus' tears for Jerusalem are a reminder to pay attention to what's happening in our own communities, in our own cities, in our own neighborhoods, and at, at, at times, to mourn over what's happening in them. The parade, it begins and momentum builds as Jesus makes his way into the valley below Jerusalem's walls. People, they start shouting right out of the Psalms. Hosanna or Lord, save us. And John adds the line, blessed is the king of Israel. Now, this title of king isn't just something that that would have made Roman authorities angry. It definitely would have. It's also something that Jesus ran from earlier on in his ministry. Remember, right after the feeding of the 5,000, we're told that he knew a crowd was coming to try to force him to, to become king. And so he flees, he goes up into the mountains until the crowds had dispersed. He wasn't ready yet. The timing just wasn't right. But now, on Palm Sunday, the palms, the shouting, the parade, it was right. And it's all about Jesus going public with his identity as the promised son of David, Israel's king. We we can't be too sure about the sort of expectations that the crowds that day had, But it's a safe bet that if they knew that Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead, that they assumed he was powerful enough to set them free from the shackles of Rome as well. Now, the the palm branches themselves, they were a symbol of liberation. Jewish people during Jesus' day, they would have have heard stories of their great-great-great-grandparents carrying palms into the temple to rededicate it, to rededicate the altar after it had been desecrated by, by Syrians. We're carrying palms into the citadel a few years later as they claimed victory. It, it, it's what is celebrated today during Hanukkah, Judas Maccabeus and, and his family, family becoming the kings of, of Israel. The palm branches, they carried a meaning. It meant they had won. That the king had arrived, and here, right in the middle of Passover, nonetheless. But the king didn't exactly arrive in a way that would have instilled confidence of the people who were there. They were were looking to break free from the the world power of the day, but but it wouldn't have instilled confidence. The juxtaposition of the excitement of the crowd and the, the humble picture of Jesus riding a donkey isn't something that they would have missed, and it's something that that we shouldn't miss today either. While entering on a a lowly donkey might have appeared absurd, it served a very specific purpose. 
Jesus, he was well aware of Zechariah's prophecy. He knew that if he wanted to make a statement against the establishment, against the world's power, riding a horse would have communicated that it was time to fight. But riding a donkey or a colt, it meant that the fighting was over. The combination of the the palms representing liberation, even victory in a battle, and the donkey representing peace, it, it would have been confusing. Symbols, they, they matter. So in our culture today and in our world today, many of our kids associate chocolate eggs and bunnies and baskets with the holiday that we're going to be celebrating next Sunday. And if you haven't signed up your kids for our Easter egg hunt, uh, you definitely should. And, and kids today, they associate trees adorned with lights and stockings filled with, with presents with an entirely different holiday. But... If a child woke up tomorrow and saw Easter eggs hidden in a a Christmas tree, there would be mass confusion. We'd think someone was was either crazy or someone was trying to make a very specific point. And that's what happened with the combination of the the palms and, and the donkey on the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem. It was a parade that would have caught everyone's attention because it was so out of the norm. But it was a spectacle that would have led those who witnessed it to ask all kinds of questions. And if that seems like a stretch, well, in verse 16, John writes that the disciples didn't understand it at all either. He says that it didn't make sense to them until Jesus was glorified, until sometime after his resurrection. They had to go through all that's coming this next week before they were able to connect the dots. So here we sit on the first day of a week that is foundational for what we believe. In a year that has been difficult for the entire world. Trying to make sense of it all. Trying to guess what is next. In this parade, it reminds us that if we're confused or if we have questions if we don't know what's next, we are not alone. But it also reminds us of the power behind the God of the universe moving into the neighborhood. And when we pair that truth, the word being made flesh and dwelling among us with Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey in the middle of a crowd waving palms, when we put those two things together, we see the image of a new kingdom. One that we might not be able to fully grasp or fully explain, yet one we're called to give glimpses of to our neighbors. So as we head into this week, preparing for the celebration that's coming next Sunday, may we commit to providing those moments, to giving those glimpses. May we continue to love our neighbors well. Amen.